Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com This week in Perkea Votes we continue with the Mishnah number 9 in which it says Shimon ben Shatak says interrogate the witnesses extensively yet be cautious with your words lest they learn from them to lie If you remember last week we read in Mishnah number 8 when Yehuda ben Tabai says when serving as a judge, do not act as a lawyer while the litigants stand before you. Consider them both as guilty, but, but when they are dismissed from you, consider them both innocent, provided they have accepted the judgment. So from here we see two approaches. Uh, the approach of Rabbi um, Yehuda ben Tabai is an approach of love, of Ahava, of um, judging people favorably, and, um, and it comes from a place of, 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 of love. The approach of Shimon ben Shatah comes from Gevura, which is justice, discipline, and Gevura, in which he says, interrogate the witnesses extensively, yet be cautious with your words lest they learn from them to lie. So he doesn't say anything like, let's give them the benefit of the, the, of the, of the, of the doubt. He's very strict in his judgment. So here <coughs> we learn and uh, in the Mishnah 9, that regulations from Adin Torah, a rabbinical trial provided by Allah, are far beyond what secular law uh, considers to be adequate. The symbol for justice usually is a blindfolded woman with the balance in, uh, in between. She's in between the balance. So what it's, it means is like uh, justice is blind. And uh, and the, the, the message, uh, really, what it's telling us is that uh, the person that is judging, judging is unaffected by, the, by anything, only by the facts. But Allah is more stringent and more uh, strong on this. And um, it teaches us that a judge of the Din Torah, of a, of a rabbinical court, has to be much more careful, not only go with the facts, but he goes with everything that goes around him. So he has to be very careful even the way he speaks. Or if he looks at somebody, or if, he, or if, he, if someone says something and he smiles, like all these uh, gestures, uh, mannerisms, are very, he has to be very careful not to fall into giving false impressions or making people uh, believe something because of the way he looks at somebody or the way he smiles. He has to be very careful. So it says here that in the olden days, uh, <coughs> the, when the persons were the litigants would come and one was, let's say, poor and the other one was rich, they were so careful that the poor person, uh, the, the wealthy person had to come dressed like a poor, poor person. Or the wealthy person would have to buy a suit for the poor person, so both of them would look the same and then not even their clothes would give a different impression or would give, um, make someone biased by giving them the wrong judgment. It says also here that the, 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 the judge of the Din Torah, he used to wear his talit in, on top of his head and he would cover his, hair, his head so he would not be able to see anybody or nobody could see his facial expressions. And in this way, uh, he was, uh, nobody knew what he was advocating for. So this Mishnah cautions us 
that the judge uh, he has to weigh his words very carefully because any remark that he can say or any look he can give can be mis misleading and it can be misinterpreted by the witnesses. So even an inflection of the voice may betray the judge's feeling and both the witnesses and the litigants may be improperly influenced. So they were very careful in the way, or even today when you go to a Beitin, they're very careful to not get uh, absorbed in the, in, the, in the external and they try to concentrate more on, the, on what's going on and then the, the, the emotional part of the, of the trial. And it says here, little wonder that the Torah says that the judge should imagine that there is a sword suspended on top of him. So they, a very truly righteous judge, when he's giving judgment, he's, he imagines that there's a sword suspended on top of his head. And, and this creates such a big responsibility on him that, um, that he really is very careful to administer the proper justice in the, in the case. Then the later part of the Mishnah says that uh, we have to be cautious with your words lest they learn from them to lie. And uh, we have to be very careful how people speak uh, because sometimes we learn from what other people say and we, if you hear someone lying about something you can come even to believe it and this uh, Rabbi Abraham Tversky says that this Mishnah is very important to apply it this part of the Mishnah when we're educating our kids and how careful we have to be with them when we speak because kids are like sponges and when a parent says a lie even if it's a white lie the child will learn that this is okay. So, for example, this is the famous one when the, the telemarketer calls at 8 o'clock at night and the child answers the phone and the father says, hey, I'm not home, say, I'm not home. And the kid will say, my father is not home. But the kid knows the father is home. So even though the father doesn't want to talk with the telemarketer, he should never teach his kid to say lies. He should tell the kid, you know, when these people call, I'm not interested in talking to them, just tell them I'm not available or if, they, or if they can take us off the list, but be truthful. Don't say lies because if a child learns from the parents that white lies can go in life at the end, they're, they're, they'll start saying lies for everything and they can become even like, can even believe their lies. So we have to be very careful in the way we talk to our children so they won't uh, absorb these, uh, these lies in their lives and think that this is okay. So I want to wish you a good week, a happy, healthy, sweet week and remember to live a little higher. Thank you.